What's up, everybody? This is another episode of my favorite episode of today. It's me, it's Julie, and our new friend, Zach Gain, director of new movie, Homewrecker. What's up, Zach? Hey, you guys. It's Woo-hoo. great to be here. <laughs> yeah, so he has a new movie directed called Homewrecker. Are you more than the director, Zach? Uh, yeah, sure. I wrote it. And you wrote it. People. Amazing. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell everybody what it's about and then where they can see it? Okay, sure. I'll, pl- I'll plug that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so uh, I guess my film starts in sort of a... Uh, oh my god, I hate pitching my movies so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really do. No, it's um, two women meet and they have a lot of the same sort of yoga classes and exercise classes together. And so they get to talking um, at a coffee shop. One is older than the other. They're both at two different stages of their lives. They sort of attempt to bond over this, but one of the women is a little pushier than the other. And you can tell that there might be something sinister with her intentions. And um, she successfully lures the younger one to her home and her true intentions are gradually revealed. And, um, yeah, I don't like spoiling beyond that because it takes away the fun. But you can see for yourself what happens next if you order it off iTunes or Google Play, or if you're in Canada, it's on Rogers and Shaw as well. Or you can buy the very affordable DVD, which is only twelve ninety nine <laughs> on Amazon, <laughs> which I recommend because it's got a commentary, it's got a QQ&A, which is what we called our quarantine Q&A. Oh, love and and uh, thank you. And and my favorite supplement is um, you can watch 15 minutes of our composer recording the score, which I shot in Boise. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you one mm-hmm. thing from that coffee shop scene. I would there's no shot I would have gone with that lady. Well, you're a very different <laughs> bird than yourself. <laughs> um, but okay, so t- Julie, why don't you say something? Oh wait, you have. Have we not? We've been talking before this. I'm not sure if she oh said my anything. God, I cannot. She loves Canada. I Julie know. loves Canada. That's what I learned about her. Yeah. Pre- Zach's from Canada. I love Canada. Which is new for me. If you were actually Canadian, you might understand why Michelle got in that car. Okay. I don't. There's a bit of uh, (laughs) polite... We, we have almost like politeness complexes. Ni- nice to a fault in some cases. That's uh, interesting. In the, yeah. Because I've been listening to, like I listened to Alanis Morissette on a on a, an episode, <laughs> a podcast episode recently, and I've heard that. And then I'm like, huh, how could it be so different? <laughs> it's like it's, well, it's right over the It's pretty friggin' different. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much and, uh, you, It's just right over the closed border. Wow. <laughs> so today we are talking about Twin Peaks Season 1, Episode 1, Ooh. the pilot episode. I have uh, never heard of the show. Really? Or, or, or have seen it. Okay. Yeah. Did you like it? No, I did like it. <laughs> okay. I, I did. And it's weird because you can definitely tell it's like older. Sure. But... I was watching it, and the very first, like, actress I noticed was Betty Cooper's mom from Riverdale. Uh So I'm like, wait, is that really her? Like, I kept, like, thinking, like, this is, like, a new show. So I'm like, wait, that can't be her. Like, maybe it's her (laughs) daughter. And then I Googled the cast. Yeah. And they're all so much older now that I'm like, I I can't tell who the fuck is who. I know. Which is definitely a Twin Peaks shout-out because uh, um, as – 
Twin Peaks lovers know, it really changed um, the landscape of television. You know, Lost was sort of the first one to pick up where it left off. But Riverdale as well is absolutely um, paying respects. It is. I get those vibes that like small town, everything that's going on in this town is like quirky and specific to that town. I I loved it. I've never seen it either. And you know, you know, it's funny. So Kyle MacLachlan was like the face of the show for me since I've heard of it. So I'm like, oh, well. He was on Desperate Housewives, and I hated him on that. And I think that's exactly why I never clicked the thing. Oh, I was like, okay. I can't watch. But I loved him in this episode. Yeah, he's amazing. How can you not? Yeah. He's awesome. Dale, Dale Cooper is such a lovable character. Oh, he's yeah. so crazy. This this episode was not what I thought it was going to be. It was so much wackier. I didn't have a single idea what this show was about. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what this is about. Did you know it was going to be, I like, horror? It, like, or not I mean, horror, like, yeah. but, like, mystery? No, I didn't. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Twin Peaks. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, Zach, why don't you tell us why you picked this episode? Okay, I'll tell you why I picked this show first. Yeah, because it's that. more like because I actually didn't pick this episode. I chose an episode in the middle of the first season, and Matthew suggested since you guys weren't so familiar that maybe it would be best to stick with the pilot. We appreciate. He it. does um, that a lot. Yeah, we us. appreciate. It. I would have <laughs> binged it. I purposely. I can't wait to binge the rest, but I purposely didn't watch the next episodes because me and Julie both have a habit of not shutting up about things that aren't about the episode we're talking about. So I was like, I'll save it. That would be fine. No, I mean, you've really opened a big can of worms today, especially because he did the Lynch and Mark Frost did the unthinkable and they returned to it in 2017 and did a season three 25 years later. And season three is just an absolute work of art. Oh, um, that's but not also the way I thought that was going. I, know, I thought you were going to say, say bad. Yeah, me too. No, no, it's like it's next level. It's wow. it's it's further than the next level. It's Where can you watch that? Unbelievable. There's only two seasons on Netflix. No, I thought there was three. So that's on Showtime, oh. or I mean, I, Showtime put it out anyway. Uh, the way you watch Twin Peaks, and it would take the whole time for me to just tell you all the lore of Twin Peaks. But in a nutshell, I want it all. Um, the first season captured the imagination and just broke through to pop culture in a huge way in 1990 and the question of who killed Laura Palmer was on everybody's tongue it was like it it was absolute overnight success sensation and season one is only eight episodes and then season two is like the length of three seasons it's like the length of three season ones but the studio pressured Lynch and Frost to answer the question of who killed Laura Palmer, even though that was like the golden goose. You know, if they answered that question, it was like the show was kind of screwed. But they were under contractual obligation that they had to answer the question, which they do sort of in halfway through the second season. And then there's still like another 10 episodes. And some people, depends who you ask, some people will say the show flew off the handle. David Lynch started focusing on films and doing other things. And then Lynch kind of came back for the finale, which is absolutely excellent but where it gets really interesting so twin peaks left a really bad taste in everyone's mouth first it got everybody completely hooked only to sort of leave them high and dry is the legacy and then what lynch and robert engels who's in a lot of other shows is they made a they made a prequel to twin peaks because the entire show of twin peaks is trying to figure out what happened to Laura Palmer and piecing the puzzle of who who was Laura Palmer, who was this prom queen who everybody thought they knew, but it turned out was full of deep, dark secrets. And then the film is a prequel. It is the last seven days of Laura Palmer's life. No um, way. It premiered at Cannes. It was either 91 or 92. It premiered at Cannes. 
and was booed. Okay, because what's so brilliant about the movie and so hard for people to digest is that the show and this really gets at why I love it as well, is the show takes something as serious as murder, like a murder of a a teen, a young teenage woman and sort of brings it through a soap filter. It kind of merges reality with soap realism and uh, and that combination creates something really special and unique um, but the show is still PG. For It gets very scary, but for as scary as it gets, it's still under this network television PG lens. So then the movie, what the movie does, it takes away that television lens. It lets Lynch tell a restricted story about the very serious topic of murder and sexual abuse and what actually happened to Laura Palmer. And it honors the severity of what the show is about. And it's so ugly that people it made people sick and they booed it and now like 25 years later it's recognized as the masterpiece that i always knew it was um but i'm a little bit younger so i didn't i didn't get to see it in 1991 and whatever uh if i was the same person i as i am now i still think i would have loved it (laughs) but when i saw firewalk with me it absolutely blew my mind that's the scope of this big can of worms so when you watch it, you watch season one, season two, movie, and then season three. That's exactly how it was intended. Okay. God, I didn't even know there was a movie. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I knew, yeah. I knew that they rebooted it, quote unquote, for, for a season three mm. in the future. <laughs> yeah. I, I already can't wait to binge it. Yeah, I went through the whole cast uh, on Google. You're so lucky. Well, I actually have I'm that. I'm so jealous. Yeah, see, that's great. And I honestly was not expected, expecting to be blown away by it but i had the chills so many different times and it even though you can tell like julie said the you can tell it's was done in 1990 like some of the music Mm -hmm. i'm telling you the scene where the mom is on the phone with the dad when the dad finds out and they have this like horrible old school 80s 90s music like so corny music playing in the back and i my arm hair was like coming out of my my skin i was like holy fuck this is intense and is like doing its job i am shook right i I think we need to arrive at a better word than corny because i know what you're saying and i think we may want to say like soapy perhaps or like overwrought possibly but the score is so powerful. Oh my it's, god! It's the theme song. It's like part of the character of the show, and it's what fans know and love. And by the end, by the by, when you're done watching, I want you to remember that you use the word corny because you will not be using it by the time the show's over. <laughs> I will rue this day. I, was, <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. You, because I, I know what you mean. I would be but, just as fierce about my favorite shows if someone did that too. So well, no, fun. but also the fact that like music that could be described as corny is making your head your hairs on your arm or whatever stand right stand straight is like the genius of the show it's the juxtaposition that is so remarkable i don't know why i kept like i don't know if i still have ptsd from the haunting of hill house but every time it zoomed <laughs> on her face i just was expecting her eyes to open like every oh, time yeah. like it would zoom on her dead body like i was yeah. like curling up on the couch because i was like her eyes are gonna open i fucking know it <laughs> and I then know. i'm like no she's lynch dead. takes no cheap shots. <laughs> yeah. well like julie i didn't know much about it either i knew mm. the premise 
and I saw something about like quirky characters. There were sports that were funny to me. I'm like, this is actually fun. Like right away, you get the receptionist who's super quirky. <laughs> you get like uh, everyone screaming. Everyone's like just running around. The, the the one sheriff is sobbing over her body, and I was like laughing at it. There's the woman with the eye patch. I'm like, this is <laughs> this town is Nadine. awesome. I love yeah. I love that you know all that. I mean, obviously, yeah. I didn't know uh, if she was actually oh going to be a character or not. If she's just like yelling about the drapes. I need to know what I think her name Silent is. Audrey Church. is that someone? Audrey. Audrey Horn. I need. Slut. Yeah, Forgive I need to know what Audrey's deal is. Audrey's, oh, yeah. Audrey's wild. Audrey reminds me of Fruisha Block from The Craft. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. She is. I has could 100% that, like, agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It's that like short My hair friend's rebellion. been murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a million quotes. Like I have one that's just like it's the guy calling the sheriff in the first place, and he's just like. She's dead. Dick. Instead of being like who, she's like where. <laughs> like, yeah. like who? There's another quote I have. I think it was Bobby. He's like, "You ever been surprised before?" And I was just like, <laughs> I actually don't know who said it, but I was like, some of these quotes are so fucking funny. yeah, fucking Bobby. Also, since in. this was the pilot, like there are so many quotes that will go down in the hi- history of peaks lore so for example she's dead wrapped in plastic like that is such like iconic line i believe there was like newsletters called wrapped in plastic <laughs> and that kind of thing the part where they find out at school and donna hayward just starts like bawling that's like a famous oh. gif i don't know if you guys know no, that I didn't. so <laughs> i send them all the time like now that you can send them in text <laughs> messages i just do it all the time and like it, i flash back to that like i've never seen this show ever but i've tweeted that before <laughs> really <laughs> And it was the I was watching the season finale of This Is Us, and I was like, "That's another. Yeah. This is me right now." And it was that scene of her wow. crying. That's another. But oh my god, when they look at her empty chair, she's like, "Dude," heartbeat. and they just like no, like yeah. before yeah. anything's even said, exactly. they're just like, "Something's wrong." Yeah, that exactly. and, and James looks so suspect in that, like so his face is out of control. Yeah, I'm like, this guy knows something. She, but I mean. I don't know. There's so many scandals going on. Like, yeah. ju- first of all, cheating. I mean, how many freaking people are cheating on each other? I we know. Got, like, <laughs> we got like three yeah, it's different very couples. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, like Bobby, I'm about to punch him in the face. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shelly the waitress was always, there was like a Rolling Stone issue. It's like the women of Twin Peaks. And Shelly was the one who had my eye. Yeah, that's oh, Betty Cooper's beautiful. mom. Still looks the same. Oh, yes. Matchkin Amick is in Riverdale. Yes. I see. Yep. Yes. Oh. Oh, I love Shelly. I got to see her at the Cine Family in L.A. and I do a Q&A of Stephen King's like Sleepwalkers. Wow. Oh my but, god, uh, that's amazing. Matchkin. I honestly didn't even <laughs> recognize her, and then I looked at the IMDb like you did, and I was like, "What?" See, I, I thought first, it looked just like her. Yeah, I, I mean, she, it does now. That yeah, I know like it. I was like, "Wow, well, she looks it exactly her. the same." No, no, no. I mean, like she doesn't like some of them. Like I like Bobby. I don't really think if you look at at least the picture that's like first comes up mm. when you Google the cast, I didn't really think that looks like him. Like he obviously looks right. way older where she looks literally exactly the same. Like she didn't really age horribly. So <laughs> shout out to her. <laughs> yeah. Bobby is up is like causing trouble at all times during this episode. Well, it's like, just relax. The best is the fight, <laughs> the fight in the bar is so hysteric. The punches they're throwing yeah. are is like yeah. the most clumsy punches in the entire world. <laughs> And that's I like it. when they go pick up Donna, or they try to go pick up Donna, but she snuck out, and Mike's at the door, and Bobby's just, like, surfing on the hood <laughs> of the car, like, drinking beers. He's like, don't worry, Bobby's doing most of the driving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a definitely a different time. I know. In the beginning, when 
like you are introduced to Bobby and then you see him like pick up Shelly and they're like make it out in the car like I had to rewind it because I was like wait did they say Bobby <laughs> yeah because in the very beginning they're like Laura and Bobby Laura and Bobby and so he right. was, my first note is damn it Bobby you uh, cheater yeah hey Laura's got some secrets of her I own know. I can't wait to know what they are I when <laughs> James, James is like no one knew her she's or he was no we'll get to that part yeah. but I want to talk well, about she's like not even Donna she's yeah not even you knew her and Donna's like I knew her yeah <laughs> not, <laughs> not to get morbid but like the scene where the principal is giving is telling the whole school I was like I am so we are so lucky that we did not have something like that while we were in school yeah. I can't yeah. even imagine hearing that even if you don't know the person I, I was watching it with like my hands on my cheeks like fuck yeah. Like this is dark, <laughs> I have chills right now thinking about it. That is one of the hardest scenes to watch, along with the phone call. Yeah, or when her dad has to ID her body. I was like, oh, oh my yeah. god. Well, I clocked it. Thirty six minutes in is when we meet Kyle McLaughlin's character. I clocked it too. I <laughs> went to see how far in we were. Yeah, and I was like, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I was like, wow, because he is the face of it for me. And when we get the second girl who who comes in with almost like, Ronette Pelosi. Ron, yeah, exactly. When she comes in, I'm like, is this the same goddamn day? Because <laughs> like the FBI shows up hours later. Yeah. It, right. I was like, wait a second, this is all the same day. This is insane. Like I was questioning it, and then they're questioning. Bobby and he's like where were you la- you were with her last night and I was like oh my right. god <laughs> like, what happened last day. night yeah. <laughs> what happened last night and then like when uh, Harry and Josie they're like they're like it must have happened 24 hours ago right now like toward the end of the episode right um, and just dialing back to Ronette Pulaski for a second one of my favorite quiet moments of the show is after Josie Packard closes the mill and mentions that like Ronette Pulaski's father works at the mill and then there's a shot of him being like taken outside. That's such a great way to deliver information. And it's like not like Ronette Pulaski's father is a character in the show. Mm -hmm. I don't think he ever even comes back. And uh, without spoiling too much, Ronette Pulaski, who's kind of in a coma, which is such a wonderful soap trope. For like most of the show, it's like, will she wake up? What does she know? Yeah. You know, she's such a de- not not really a decoy, but just that pilot dangles so many questions and so many cliffs. Well, her walking on that bridge or train tracks mm. or whatever yeah. it is, I again chills. I was like, another girl? Are they even connect? <laughs> they have to be connected. Like this, such a small town. Something like this rocks a small town, and to think yeah. that there's there can't be two separate events that right. happen in the same night. So I'm like, how did she escape? It's cold outside. It looks so What's cold. What's the connection? Someone yeah. get her some clothes. Yeah, it's freezing. Like a little ripped up right. nightgown. Oh my God. So have you guys, uh, by any chance, seen uh, Blue Velvet or any other David Lynch films for that matter? I don't. Is Blue Velvet, I'm going to say this, and this might sound crazy. Is Blue Velvet with Ryan Gosling? Okay. It is not. <laughs> I knew it. I knew when it was coming out of my mouth that that's wrong. But no, I have no, not. I don't think so. God, what are we good I for? haven't seen anything. <laughs> Kathleen well, I feel though. like I I've a, really a... just opened a big world for you guys. David Lynch is my, like my favorite filmmaker. And all of his films are worlds onto themselves. But uh, he himself is a world onto himself. And when you're watching Blue Velvet, which might be the place to start. Okay. Uh, there's a very famous shot in Blue Velvet which was so disturbing that like Ebert gave it zero stars. He couldn't handle a movie that went there. I want you to think of that scene. You'll know the one, but I want you to think of Ronette Pulowski when it gets to that scene. 
because to me this is like a PG version of that the scene in Blue Velvet. I need a curriculum. I, I would rather like teach David Lynch in a school than be a filmmaker. <laughs> 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 can I be both? Yeah, sure. You can be anything you want. <laughs> You're doing I great. We're your first true. two students. We're good. Thank you. You're going to fail me. Cool. I would not start at Twin Peaks, nor would I end at Twin Peaks. It is the centerpiece of his career. The one part of this that, like, actually, I had to cover my eyes. Well, so you, I don't know if you listen to our podcast, but (laughs) everything grosses me out, and I'm scared of everything. So Mm. the scene where he goes, like, under her fingernail. To take- it's bad oh my god i was like kicking my feet on the couch like like i was like oh my god like what is it but also like stop like you're so far <laughs> under that fucking pin- finger yeah no, i know i can't watch that either oh it's and brutal I- and i'm good with gore i love a good mystery thriller murder mm-hmm. so the r under the fingernail is what made me go yes yeah. i'm in because <laughs> it's more than cool. i mean it's more than just a Someone got mad and killed their girlfriend and whatever down by the right. sawmill. But I, I was like, whoa, okay. Ex- I, <laughs> that got me sold. Love this that. reminds me of, I'm very careful with spoilers, so uh, I ho- I don't think you'll consider this a spoiler. But um, just like you were saying that it was interesting that Dale Cooper doesn't join the show until the 36-minute point, when you finally get to Fire Walk With Me, and when you get to Fire Walk With Me, I swear there will not be a movie you want to see more <laughs> than Fire Walk With Me. And then when you finally pop it on, it's like a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and you'll wish it was longer, but... It takes 30 minutes to get to Twin Peaks. What? Wow. What <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to clock that in my brain. Yeah. For when I or forget it. it. Or just forget it. Forget <laughs> this information. And remember it remember once you start it watching when, yeah. it. Every time I watch something like this and they're like going through the, for lack of better term, murdered girl's p- personal belongings... I'm like, I have to get rid of my diaries. Like, I, I have literally... the secret diary of Laura Palmer. Do you? I'm That's like, it, it was published. I have literal diaries that I've written you in my actually... life, and I need to burn them. Wait, what do you Like, mean? what if I die? I need more. Yeah. What if, well, what I've already gotten mean? rid of my one I wrote senior year of high school. because that is a just... diary, yeah, like, every day? I kept a diary, yeah. Well, I mean, Did it have a baggie with a little bit of Coke in it? And no, but I was like, this is so much cooler than mine. And I also love the scene of him just cracking it open because you can tell it's such a small town. Like the sheriff's department doesn't want to just pop open this diary and right? he's like, mm, fuck this. <laughs> Pops right. it right open. Because there's no way. It's like, it's evidence now. Open it. But I love that the dad was like, do you have to take that? Because right. it is. It's it's sacred. Nothing sacred once you go. It's sad. Hey, hey, you guys, what if that's not actually Laura Palmer's diary? <gasps> Someone planted it? <laughs> You're kidding. Know. You're kidding. <laughs> I can't even focus. I'm trying to plot on how I'm stealing all of Kathleen's diaries. What do you have in there? <laughs> Just my deepest, darkest secrets. thoughts and feelings. You are Laura Palmer. <laughs> I am. Kathleen's full of secrets. <laughs> I am. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it's not that great. Get that published. No. Dude, that's so funny. Drunk Kathleen. I haven't read it. I've never looked back. That's hilarious. I, I, I believe the published Secret Diary of Laura Palmer was actually written by Lynch's daughter, uh, Jennifer Lynch. Huh. You got her thinking now if she got if they that somebody planted, planted the diary. <laughs> <laughs> it's not her diary. Like, <laughs> that laugh. 
Well, okay. I'll, I mean, you're going to find this out in like the next episode or two. Okay. But that is Laura's diary, but there also exists a secret diary of Laura Palmer. Okay, let's department. jump to something random. Can you explain the like Norwegian, like it's, is that just like a <laughs> funny little thing where that they used in the pilot to be like, we have like a plot to, I don't even know. Like, Well, didn't you watch the scene that I asked to uh, tack on? No. Okay. We didn't. Can we do it now? It's only two minutes. Can we somehow like take a break? A few moments later. That's why you were gonna pick the episode. I love that. Yeah, because to me that is an example of the juggling act uh, this show does so well. Where first it'll give you something really unbelievably funny with people like mimicking his hand movements to dance and sort of mask his grief. And then that shot of Donna, who sees what's happening and just grounds the scene back to how sad it actually is. The way it can like make you laugh and then punch you in the heart one second later is like the epitome of why I adore this show. Yeah, it did do that. I was really surprised because I didn't think it was going to be funny at all. And all of those right. scenes were really good. All the scenes in that building were really good, whether it was getting the call or Audrey going in and, and making that scene. <laughs> They're like, absolutely don't let them find out that someone died here. The the <laughs> it's going the contract is going through at 4 o'clock today. Dude, the, She's been murdered. the noise of her twisting that pen or pencil oh. in the car I was like, oh my god, make it stop. Like, when she was doing she's that, such a jerk. I know. When she was doing that, I thought to myself, that is me. I've never had a styrofoam cup that I haven't been poking holes in or drawing all over or doing something. But would you like spill that. coffee all over your father's important documents? No, like I that? mean, that's, in, that's insane. <laughs> and she just laughs like such a little devil. Yeah. It's maniacal. Definitely suspicious. I'm, you know, I'm on to her. She had zero reaction in the classroom when they told everybody. Yeah. And she says to Donna in the beginning, like, have you seen Laura today? Oh. Yeah, she's infatuated, I think. I think. Are you that, dropping, yeah, like, yeah. Easter eggs to us? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to watch it and be like, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene, I'm pretty sure it's the guy talking to Audrey. And he's like, is there something wrong, young, pretty girl? I'm like, I need yeah, everyone young, to say pretty that to girl. me. Yeah, everyone needs to address me that way from now on. Let's talk about, Shelly's like barely in it. She has the scene in the beginning, and then she has the scene with her, Leo, Leo is her brother? No, no, Leo is her abusive husband. Oh, husband. So Shelly's cheating also. Okay, so I... Oh, and that's why they, they he, like, freaked out when he saw the truck. I could have swore... Yeah, so exactly. What is... Okay, so Bobby says, you're old man or something. Something very... That used to mean... Yes. That used to mean, like, your significant other. Yes, and that's what threw me off because I was like, that can't be her dad. <laughs> that must be her brother. Yeah, and... in the old world, people called lovers mama and papa. Wow, yeah, what an God. old world. What a <laughs> The scene is so stupid. <laughs> like, not stupid, but great. But Leo well, okay. is crazy because he's is... like, look at the... There's two different types of cigarettes here. Yeah. And he's like, if I see... An... You're smoking one type of cigarette from now on. I'm not. I'm going to snap your neck like a twig. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's easy to call Leo like a bad actor, maybe. Or just yes. like extreme. He's, he's by the way, Joanna... Joanna Ray, uh, I think I'm not quite getting that name right, but that's her son. Joanna DeRay, whatever it is, is the casting director, and she actually cast most of the show, and that's her son playing Leo. And I love the performance. At first, you kind of laugh at it, 
But when you come to appreciate how just like over the top evil and Lynch is always doing is always playing with over the top evil. This is one of his favorite topics, just the binaries of good and evil. And that's represented in Leo among many, many others. But I love it when he drinks without taking his eyes off of Shelley. He just swigs from his whiskey or bourbon or whatever with his eyes like stink eyeing Shelley so hard. It's just a very funny moment to me. Yeah, I wrote that he was scary. He's He's the only person that Bobby is afraid of, and Bobby is really afraid of him. Yeah. Okay, here's a question. (laughs) I'm assuming, I hate to ask, but I'm going to say, I'm going to ask anyway and see what you say. It's someone we've seen in this episode. Oh, we've met the whole, we've met everybody in this. I mean, that's not quite true. There is, there's wonderful new characters who join the town, but it's not going to be one of them. Okay. So at the end, we'll make our guesses. Oh, man. That, that's great. No, I, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I promise I won't react. I hate that. Okay, so let's talk, let's talk about what they... I always have the worst guesses. But well, don't you don't think this is what theory. everybody uh, was doing in 1990? I mean, This sure. is what everybody was... This is like what they call a water cooler show, right? Yep, exactly. Like, I think I just overthink it. Like, I'm like, they're putting, t- they're throwing too much shade at this person, so there's no way that's that person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, my well, they could still be, like, be horrible. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be like, Shelly, it's Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Shelly? I don't know. I of just... all the people who are cheating, I think she's the one with a spouse deserving of being cuckolded. You see, I would go with the wacky answer and say it's like Donna or something, but she's acting too. It can't <laughs> That's be a the... crazy guess. I know. <laughs> I try and guess like the one you wouldn't think and it's like she ends up no not way, it's it. Donna. I mean, it can be. It's got to be a guy. She was Well, just remember that, you know, Dale has a magic instinct he just knows everything so i love the moment when at the end you guys earlier in this program were saying how james he knows things i don't know about that james yeah but i love the moment when they're when before they pull over james or when they pull over donna's like he didn't do anything and dale goes she's She's probably probably right right. yeah (laughs) i know i love when he like types on the thing when they're like uh questioning bobby i don't know remind me of like a calculator in like (laughs) high school but yeah do you know what those things are pocket something no i you're it looks like a calculator i don't yeah i don't know yeah he didn't do it he and does have yeah i was like wow what i know like guy. a label maker i can't guess what else it could be yeah oh a label maker no I those like are it. that has a name i feel like it's definitely <laughs> not a calculator we could only write it's like not a hell and like boobies on yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly that was so cool so so in in the um safe deposit box or whatever it is the key goes to mm. uh there, ah, there's the flesh, flesh world, world. <laughs> yeah Ooh. i was like nice um, which has a picture of a Ronette in it and then it also mm-hmm. has the, a picture of a truck which then they fade into Leo's truck I believe right. um, and also right. $10,000 so I don't know what that girl was into <laughs> oh, yeah. wouldn't you like to know wait I think I, I meant to rewind it because I think I was blinking or something when it happened what was in regards to the R under the fingernail where was the previous murder that had that just outside um, of town. Oh, God. That's such a wonderful piece of trivia, and I'm kicking myself for not having it at the ready. If it was multiple choice, I would tell you exactly what the name of the town was. But it was a, like the neighbor, a neighboring town okay. of Twin Peaks. It's like a loser town. It didn't go reported. It, it's almost like a yin and yang of Twin Peaks, as you'll come to find out. And oh, nobody cared about the murder of Teresa Banks. I know. Why didn't we get a show about that? You will. Oh, okay. Oh, 
another egg. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're supposed to believe that our murderer in Twin Peaks also killed. What's her name? Teresa. Teresa Banks. Teresa Banks. Okay, I'm okay. writing that down in mm. my diary. So mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite part of this episode was when they're questioning Bobby, and you see <laughs> that he they show him like the they kept saying like the pictures, but it's like a video. Of oh, her. Yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of her and Donna. And you see, like, he gets, like, a look in his eye that, like, he sees something but, like, doesn't say mm. anything about it. Right. And then when the annoying ass secretary. Yeah. Is, <laughs> Lucy? Like, yeah. I love her. like, yeah, he great. said it was a, and Dale's, like, a biker and then yeah. zooms in on her eye. I was like, oh, yeah. well, fuck, that's crazy. Well, that that was the first thing I thought when they showed the video. I'm like, you got to zoom in on his eyeball because it'll be a reflection, or on her eyeball, right. there'll be a reflection. That's, like, classic. <laughs> There's got to be another reason other than just how piercing Cheryl Lee's eyes are and how wonderful <laughs> that close-up is. Yeah, and why would does Donna lie when she could just say it's James? What about James? In, like incriminates him. Like if he if he has nothing to hide, it should be fine to say okay that was James. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want what happened. What happens at the end of the show to happen? He gets locked up. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to choose based on process of elimination. Probably Bobby's fucking psycho friend that was boning Donna too. Mike. Yeah. Was he been in on Well, that's his girlfriend. Yeah, that's his I boyfriend. But the, I don't know. They're He's all making out with each other. I'm like, who is dating who? I don't even know. The scene, <laughs> oh my God, the scene where Donna and James make out is so funny and long when they're just like, she, yeah. she says, oh, James, 17 times. So that's leading up to a musical number that half of the Twin Peaks fans hate and can't stand. But the other half, of which I am included, think it's one of the best scenes in the entire show. I am a it's musical It's so corny, scene. but I love, I love it. it. Did you just say corny? It is corny. <laughs> it's it's more corny than what than Angelo Badalamento's score, which he called corny. That's for sure. You like David Lynch films and shows, and I mm. like things like Grey's Anatomy. So when Grey's Anatomy had a musical episode that everyone despised, I was like, I watch it and I have these songs on my iPod. Yeah, <laughs> nice. You know, I love yeah. You're it. you're gonna have to kick me off this podcast <laughs> because uh, I could talk about Twin Peaks all day. Yeah, I'm a I'm loyal to a fault. You're very committed to your shows. I am. All Boy, am I. Yeah. The barking scene, like I'm like, what the. Even the on? scene previous to that, in the jail cell, they cut away and then get to the barking. They're just staring at each other b- between the things for 25 seconds. 25 <laughs> seconds of film is just them staring at each other. But with their, like, half of their eyes covers, like, they're almost trying to hide but also be intimidating at the same time. One thing in season three that, you know, most people love and some people are like, are you kidding? Like, if you thought that moment went on long... There are moments in season three that just go on and on in the most delicious way. The episodes are long, right? Like hour, full hour. Like an hour. Or they, or they, the normal forty-two. What did this originally air on? Well, this originally aired on like NBC, I think. Okay, so it should just be normal. And Showtime, it's like, it's however long it needs to be. Like sometimes it's fifty-six, sometimes fifty-eight. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember. I wish I did binge the whole thing so we could talk about the like, because when I when I watch a show that I love, say, Westworld or something. I like to listen to all the podcasts, and I read articles after every episode, and I like to know every single ounce of what's going on. But with something like this, it's hard to get that supplemental information. So I write for a website called Screen Anarchy, and when uh, when this show dropped, 
in 2017 like a friggin miracle when it was done i unpacked my feelings on what i've just seen in a very long essay that really spells out exactly what i think the show means and it's very in-depth so you can read those in an essay format which i'll leave for anybody listening at home who's seen the entire show feel free to click on it right away and i and you can hear me talk about this without spoilers or like you know freely without worrying about whether the audience has seen it or not because it assumes the reader has seen everything and the other thing i want to post is just a photo of me and laura palmer uh cheryl lee the actor oh my who plays amazing laura palmer and she um my, meeting her was really wonderful i got to interview her but even cooler than that, so when I was in high school, I was obsessed with Twin Peaks. Let me tell you how I first discovered Twin Peaks. I live in Toronto. I grew up in Toronto. And I'd seen Blue Velvet in grade nine and uh, was really uh, into it. Thought it was great. Um, and then in 2001, David Lynch's Mahan Drive was playing at the Toronto Film Festival. And I got a ticket, and Lynch was there. And I saw it with my friend Matthew, and Matthew hated Mulholland Drive. <laughs> And I didn't know what the hell I had just seen. All I knew is that I had never been so stimulated emotionally, intellectually. I had never been more enthralled by what I had just seen. And I just could not wait for Mulholland Drive to come out in theaters um, so I could see it again, uh, which it did the following October. And I went opening weekend. And halfway through my second Mulholland Drive screening, the, the film made sense to me. And my heart sunk like one of the top five most visceral reactions I've ever had in a, in a movie theater or watching a movie was the second time I saw Mulholland Drive. And my heart broke for how heartbreaking that film is. And in that moment, I understood what David Lynch was all about. And then I remember getting like a future shop catalog and it was the first time twin peaks was going to be on DVD. So it was season one. They, all they were releasing was season one. It didn't even include the pilot. So episode one was actually episode two and I didn't understand. And I had to see the pilot after the fact, <laughs> which is <laughs> stupid. Wait, um, Why so wouldn't they weird. include it in the DVD? Because it belonged to like Warner Brothers. So here's a little backstory on the pilot, and then I'll I'll get back to me. I wanted to give you a little bit of backstory on the pilot before we even started this whole conversation. Um, but Mark Frost and David Lynch were given permission to do the pilot for a show that they called uh, Northwest Passage. That is the name of episode one, and it was the name of the show. It wasn't Twin Peaks. When they shot the pilot, which was months before they shot something else, you know, Pilots get made every day, yeah. and they never get picked up, and blah, blah, blah. They had a premiere for it, and everybody who was in it went, and everybody was just jaws on the ground, like, this is what we were in? What is this show? <laughs> and it just started getting like a reputation of like, NBC has this pilot, and blah, blah, blah. And so it squeaked through. It it was so mysterious and so unlike anything that was seen on television. that And so could it, it was Lynchian, which is like really... Uh, edgy stuff, which is really marginal stuff. It was Lynchy that found a way to tap into the mainstream. So it gets on TV and they let them make eight episodes or whatever, which is season one or seven episodes, um, which they shoot in, in one thing, in one chunk. And then they just release them and the world goes apeshit. So like season one is one beast and season two is a little more complicated. So that's sort of the origins of Twin Peaks, how it started. So then cut to 2001, and I see this beautiful-looking DVD for season one of mm -hmm. Twin Peaks with Laura Palmer's prom picture. And it was like a plastic slide, and you take off the plastic, 
and behind it is her dead wrapped in plastic. Oh, shit. And the pa- oh, my God. That's awesome. The packaging was so pretty. It's brilliant. So I buy it, you know, without – I don't usually do this, buy things blind without having seen them, but I sure as shit did it with Twin Peaks. And, uh, and me and my buddy Jesse plowed through the first seven episodes – like, ugh, like every day after high school, we would go home. We were in high school watching Twin Peaks, and we were obsessed. But the se- season two wasn't on DVD yet. So on the weekends, I would go uh, downtown, catch the subway to downtown Toronto from the suburbs, and go to our boutique uh, video stores, which were Queen Video and Suspect Video, which were like right across the street. And every week I would go with like a list of seven movies that I had learned existed. And Queen and tw- Queen Video was the only chance I would have of being able to find these movies because it used to be all about the hunt. Oh, and, God. Uh, I, I'm listening to you say this and I'm like, God, I, I didn't really live through that, but I that sounds fucking awesome. Like so rewarding it, to find what you're exactly. looking for. Exactly. It was like a treasure hunt. And so when you discovered hidden treasure, it would really feel like that. That's why if you hear fogies, whatever, like I'm starting to be, um, talk about this golden era of like things not being accessible. Like this is what what we talk about like when you rent something you can't just turn it off because you went to a video store and you paid for it so you're gonna watch that whole movie (laughs) like unlike netflix where like you know after 30 seconds you're like i don't want to watch this anyway so we went downtown and we rent because on vhs we rented the rest of twin peaks and it looked so much shittier on vhs than it did on the dvds which of course now we make fun of for being like 360p so we finished the show on vhs and it's the greatest thing ever. And and along the way, like friends of mine in high school would be like, what is the show that Jesse and Zach are watching? And so they would join. And by the time we got to Fire Walk With Me, I had a Fire Walk With Me party in uh, in my like, you know, parents' house. And uh, and my my friends still make fun of me for this. I gave a speech before. Uh, <laughs> before we you are, I think you're my hero. I really do. You wrote a Thank manifesto you. for Twin Peaks. <laughs> well, it's very it. important to me. I it's love like that. a really important show to me. So when Matthew was like, "What show did you want to do?" My thoughts went to either The Simpsons or Twin Peaks. Like it could only be one of those two things. Uh, but it was obviously Twin Peaks, especially if we're using Twin Peaks to talk about Homewrecker. For those, maybe you're maybe you're starting to get a picture of the things I care about and why Homewrecker looks the way it does. I don't know. But anyway, so getting back to when I met Cheryl Lee, Laura Palmer, at like some fan convention and got to meet her in 2014. So in high school, I had a I had a framed picture, the prom picture of Laura Palmer that you see at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that in like a, in a place of honor, <laughs> to quote the Elephant Man. Um, in my bedroom and people would be like who's that why do you have a picture of that girl and I'd be like why that was Laura Palmer she was murdered by (laughs) and then I would usually tell them (laughs) and uh, anyway so I met Cheryl Lee I had this great interview and then I'm like you know what I need her to autograph the picture I had so I told Laura I told Cheryl Lee all of this I told her that even after we moved the only piece that I hung on to was my framed picture of your prom picture and and i asked her to autograph it and she told me it was the coolest thing she's ever autographed wow (laughs) that's awesome that's amazing that must have made your heart swell okay so we do get a prequel so laura palmer actually gets scenes in in that i assume oh she gets scenes all right okay good and let and let me tell you why 
Because David Lynch hired Cheryl Lee only to play this dead girl wrapped in plastic and to shoot maybe a little bit of home video footage. He watched, you know, he so goes on instincts and he didn't have answers for any of these questions. It's not like he was, he was just making a pilot. Like he wasn't thinking about the longevity of this show. He would do things like when he watched the footage of Cheryl Lee doing this picnic thing when he like, you know, and hit her and Donna slap hands, give each other five and back. He was just so enraptured by living Laura Palmer that he's like, I need to bring her back. And he called Cheryl Lee and he said, Cheryl, would you be willing to move to Los Angeles? She lived in like Washington state as a lot of these actors did. Yes, David, of course I, I would love yeah, to, but boy, I'm I... dead. Like, what do you, what role am I going to play? And he's just like, we'll figure all that out. This is how he casts. He casts on instinct. He doesn't make people audition. He's just like, you have it and I want it in the show and we will figure out how to incorporate you. I could listen to you talk about this. I'm like, I have not seen anything but the pilot, and I just love listening to you talk about it. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate That's it. I can't amazing. wait to keep talking to you about it because I'm not in it to be on your podcast. I'm in it to talk about Twin Peaks with oh, you Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Donna's dad was the sweetest angel in the whole world. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and honestly, I literally go, when, when James, when they go on the motorcycle, drop her off at James, I'm like, where? They, she left her sister's bike at the bar. Now what? And then he's like, I heard we left. <laughs> Left your bike. I literally said that in my head. I'm like, the bike. I'm like, the <laughs> well, poor look, sweet sister needs totally her bike. You totally brought up another thing I want to talk about with Twin Peaks, which is just how wholesome David Lynch is as a person. And people find that hard to believe about David Lynch because he's capable of writing scenes that are so ugly and so evil. He's coming from such a pure-hearted place of wholesomeness. Um, and I think that's really reflected in Twin Peaks because what I think – I think the title of that show – is a metaphor for many binaries, um, good and evil, uh, but like you know, Twin Peaks b- balance, balancing extremes, and one of these things is like wholesomeness and the corruption of good, which is one of the themes of his whole career. Yeah, so the wholesomeness of Doc Hayward, Donna's father, and the wholesomeness of that Twin Peaks. It's like how could something this wicked happen yeah. in a place so pure? Mm-hmm. Is the fundamental question, even more than who killed Laura Palmer. That's what that show is asking. I think a lot of shows have taken that theme from Twin Peaks. Yeah, I totally. mean, oh my God, that that is the theme of so many different this this small town. Nobody can can understand or know or why this is happening in this small. No one thinks it's going to happen to them. It really is. It's a rhetorical question. Though. It's yeah. like why does evil exist? Yeah. Like, or or to put it like uh, Laura Dern's character in Blue Velvet. You know, the the yeah. evil person in Blue Velvet is a, it's played by Dennis Hopper, a character named Frank Booth, and she says, "Why are there people like Frank in this world?" And I think that's the question David Lynch has asked his entire career. Wait, Anything <laughs> I say, I have nothing to back it up. Just for the record, and I'm gonna go with <laughs> wait. You're answering a question that David Lynch and Mark Frost did not know the answer to when they created what you watched. So think about that. All right. I'm going with it's the sheriff. (laughs) Harry Truman. Okay. It's Harry S. Truman himself. No fucking way. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. You're not the only person who has guessed it at some point or another. Who's Whatever been... guesses either of you have, somebody has guessed it. In if I guess it and I guess it right, I'm not even giving myself props. It's f- picking a name out of a fishbowl at this point. So. <laughs> Who's Ben Horn? Oh, he's he's certainly a suspect. Ben Horn is the one who owns the Great Northern. I don't know. I don't know that much about Ben Horn to like vote him. 
There's a lot to know. Yeah, I like. I really just want to be right. I don't like losing. <laughs> yeah, well, guess yeah. what? You, you have to watch it. I'm not telling you. Oh, got nice. Me. All right, I'm gonna go with obvious choice. I'm gonna go with. It can't be a girl. Just say it. I want to say like Audrey, but I'm like. It I can't know. Be well, her. there could be. A, it could be like a double thing. Yeah. It could be like in a combo, but there has to be a guy involved. Isn't Audrey a little too curious? I don't know. I think I it know. was the log lady. <laughs> no, all right, there you go. Wait, What's log her deal? lady. The, Maybe she's we a didn't talk about the soul mill at all. We met her once for a Which is very funny time. because um, you'll notice that the, the theme song, which changes by the time they get to episode two, but the theme song for season one is all sawmill. All right, I'm just going right. to go with Mike. Mike? Mike, isn't that Bobby's friend? Mm-hmm. Oh, Donna's boyfriend, Mike? Mike. Yeah. Okay. He's he's an aggressor. He, no I mean, he's such an ass the entire episode. Yeah, he sucks. Go where, Donna. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could you imagine be, being a guy and driving up and there being another adult male standing there and just being like, "Get in this car right now. We're going to the sheriff." <laughs> right. Get in here, and she, he's just like, "Chill, dude." I guess. And Doc Hayward's just like, "Oh, young people." Yeah, exactly. I guess the actress that plays Ronette. Was she not really in anything else? Yeah, so I said Mike. And now I and know why. I Zach, who do you guess? Season. Yeah, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I should answer this question. Can you tell us? Do you remember She's who you alive. thought it was? I get, no. Yeah, okay. I can uh, well, then I don't that, know that about we, that. Yeah, then I we know, know it's not that person. I don't so. know. I guess I, I in season one, I probably wanted to know the most about Leo. Yeah. yeah. That's a given. Yeah, and I want more from him because we only get that one He's scene. spooky. Yeah, he is. I'm wondering if people thought Bobby back then was like a heartthrob. Cause he, like, I did. Cause he's yeah, like, no, he 100% no, 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 cause is. He's like a, he's <laughs> I currently like do. A cutie face boy, but like, I love Bobby he's Briggs. bad to the bone. Yeah. So and it's like, do exactly you? Because he's like, boy. yeah, but he's like not a, he's not a good bad it's boy. Like, James is the good bad yes. boy. Yeah. See, I Which is what makes him so funny because he's so pouty faced. Like, like in high school, we used to make fun of James to no end. James is so cool. James is always so cool. It's like, is James is that he? cool? <laughs> yeah. I, when they were like, he's a biker, I'm like, and when he comes up yeah. on the bike, I'm like, and they're like, he's got, it's a hog. Yeah. But he's like That's the sensitive hog. bad boy. He's the James Dean, right? Sure. Like this is all a, this is all a big throwback to the fifties. Yeah. And so he's the rebel without a cause. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't expect Bobby to be so um, defiant, even so cocky, just coming into school after taking Shelly's yeah. swig of her, whatever she was drinking right. at 8am. And he owns come, the school. He's a football exactly. player. Exactly. And they're like, they need you in the office. He's like, who? Why? Yeah. It's like, just go, man. <laughs> if someone in high school told me or Julie that we needed to go to the office, I'd start tearing up probably. I, like, actually did. <laughs> yeah, like, time. why? Yeah, what did like, I every, do? Either one, everyone I know is dead, or two, I did something really bad. Yeah. Well, it's all extremes. It's all playing off cliche and yeah. um, exaggeration. Yeah. My God, well, I loved the show. I can't wait. Where will you see the, the door you've opened, the, just the door you've cracked open? Will you open that thing wide open? So I was going to keep watching. I watched this yesterday, and I said no, but and I kept going with Dexter instead, but I'm 1,000% halting Dexter. The, There's eight seasons. I can't. Last... Yeah, Dexter is, Dexter is good. Twin Peaks is holy. Yeah. The last it's Bible. Like, cu- couple <laughs> seconds of this episode makes you want to watch the second episode. Like, oh, when yeah. they find the yeah. necklace and the mom just starts screaming. Mm-hmm. I actually oh. did start- a lot of screaming in this episode. I, know. I started yeah. the second episode, but then I was like, oh, I didn't pick up theirs. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I've <laughs> had like, some friends it. be like, some friends know how much I love Twin Peaks, and they'll be like, okay, I'll try to give it a shot. And then first one, they can't get over 
uh, like they think, oh, the pilot is nothing but screaming and uh, <laughs> and just grief. And, um, you know, that tone starts washing away and all that's left is like grief as comedy as exemplified by the clip I shared where Leland is like cannot get over this horrible thing that's happened, but it's starting to be a little comical, yeah. <laughs> absurd, See, it's, grief to an absurd level. It's grief, but it's what made me like love these characters like I'm in because it's right. so emotional and every single character is feeling what's happening and doing mm. their own wacky things and it's the fact that it's an hour and a half it really packs the punch like I am like yeah, I love episode. these characters and I can't wait to see it. oh my god I can't wait I'm gonna go home and watch it tonight this is great I um I can't wait for our follow-up episode whenever it happens hell yeah well thank you for coming <laughs> on we appreciate the passion I love it it's the best. <laughs> Talk about the passion. I love it. Julie, any uh, final remarks? I mean, I liked it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not <laughs> telling you anything about it. I, this is <laughs> you think Audrey killed Laura. Got it. Yeah. No, I do. I actually do enjoy like shows like this, not lying. And I'm really <laughs> into books like this. And yeah. Kathleen yeah. has been making fun of me because I've been saying I haven't been watching TV because I've been reading a lot. Uh, fine. Do you like Agatha? Do you like Agatha Christie? Agatha Christie. Yes. And then there were none. Yeah. We love who that. Who done it? We done it. read that in seventh grade. Yeah, we did. And I <laughs> loved it. I, I bought my parents. Um, they were doing it in a play in Philly and they went and saw it but I really wanted to go myself I want to reread and that. then when I got them the tickets they were like oh and I was like wow that's not what I wanted <laughs> and, and- out of that <laughs> reaction <laughs> for the record I've never made fun of her for reading I just want her to watch yeah that I would watch. be ridiculous yeah that's literally insane cool. everybody Thank read you. everybody I, I watch fun. Twin Peaks yeah. wait so what's the curriculum Blue Velvet and <laughs> what's the second one I mean one? chronological order honestly okay. like I, I would only watch Lynch in chronological order but I think it, you're you're totally fine to just watch Twin Peaks without going into every film he made leading up to it. Okay. Don't do what I'm about to say. Okay. But I would almost say watch Twin Peaks, then watch every film in between Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks Season 3, The Return, because that all kind of comes into play. I actually think Twin Peaks The Return is so brilliant because not only does it re- return to every theme in Twin Peaks – he also manages to poke at everything he's ever cared about in season three. So you're saying to watch that in between season three, like watch it and then watch, watch everything. <laughs> okay, yeah, got but it. I'm not. I'm not. So, I think you should just. Yeah, it's already do this, too big a challenge. Look, if we were, if More I was actually getting to do a curriculum, like as I said, it would be in chronological order. I mean, I try to do that when I get into any filmmaker, even author. It's a little bit harder with authors because books are so much more of a commitment. But if I am determined to read everything an author does, I will start at the beginning because I think it all tells a chronological story. I've never thought about it that way. No. I've never, <laughs> I, like, weirdly enough, I've never taken it from like a director standpoint and said, okay, I'm going to watch all of their works. I just so happen mm. to sometimes I, I don't know why that seems like a very logical way to go about it because you Matt even Matt texted me today about something I forget well what yeah and and he was like you nice. I watch you watch this so I think you would like all of this who uh, Brian Fuller Hannibal's uh, oh, great okay well that nice was Zach Kane yeah like <laughs> Zach Kane and watch his movie Homewrecker I totally forget where it is uh, streaming so go to the beginning and, <laughs> and all, all the things to that luckily. again. Just Google it's it and you shall find. Everywhere. Yeah. And that was an amazing episode, and I can't wait to watch the rest. Thanks for listening. I had so much fun. Thank Thanks you guys for coming for on. You can come back. All the I'm, way from Japan. When I watch it yeah. in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
This has been My Favorite Episode Of. My Favorite Episode Of is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Julie and Kathleen. Check out our show notes for all of our socials and email us at myfavoriteepisodepodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll be back next week with another episode of My Favorite Episode Of. listening to the Geekscape Network.